Hello, Palatons. Welcome to part two of our best movies to relive the 80s. We had such a long conversation, me and Mark, that I thought I'd best to split into two so you could enjoy it this week as well. Uh, you might notice on the episode, this is, we recorded this back in December when I still had a massive cold, which is why I sound so nasally. But hold on tight. You know, Mark's got a nice enough voice to get us both through it. Uh, you can also email us any episode suggestions now. So we've got an email address set up. The best movie, two cues at gmail.com very catchy we might get t-shirts with that made so that's the best movie the number two and then qs at gmail.com email us any questions or ideas for episodes so you know the format the best movie too and then you know cheat on my spouse or something all right have a great week love you you like movies and I'm here to say, then this is the show for you, okay? It's called the best movie to Jamie Allentone, so don't touch that down, turn off your phone. Grab a sweet song, mix of popping corn, from Rosebud to Lapid to Jason Bourne, Meryl Streep to Kirk Russell to Dennis Hopper, and don't forget, y'all, this is the chopper! I feel like we're starting to move towards our, our idea of, like, the ideal reliving. Yes. If we were I- to put it down to top three, should we compare our top threes? Uh, yeah. Uh, so top, I'll, I'll, top three eighties, yeah. Top three eighties. I'll I'll give you my so coming in in third place. I'm gonna go Karate Kid, uh, because you've got uh, divorce mums on the rise. C E T. Um, so it, movies are like it's okay to come from a broken home. That's all right because Pat Marie is there to show you how to how to do that, and he'll probably fuck your mum. Um. And it's got that great song as well. You're the best around. <laughs> that yeah. for me. And also, yeah. it's, it's that thing of like, oh, God, there's somewhere. I love an 80s bully as well because the, the 80s bullies, like modern bullies in movies are like, oh, this one hasn't done his homework, you, you idiot. Whereas the 80s bullies <laughs> were like, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and they have that like, oh, what? You haven't got a dad? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm going to fucking waterboard you in a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I think at one point, they like push him down a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets worse. Like the bullies and the karate kids are like, what if we drug him and steal his spleen and leave him in a bathtub? And <laughs> see him do the crane kick then. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, a, a, but it, with the karate kids specifically, we're coming back around on it. Uh, because Johnny cheats at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and he just gets away with it, because that's another lesson from the 80s, which is if you think people are on your side... Oh, Daniel. Side, you can Daniel cheats, sorry. Oh, sorry, Daniel cheats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A head, it's a head kick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a head kick. He specifically put it in the rules. <laughs> yeah, and also... It was, all, it, was, well, it, it was almost like a fucking Chekhov's gun. When they're it like... like a, Don't do head kicks, <laughs> yeah. wink. Yeah. <laughs> time to do that head kick i hear what you said yeah. <laughs> i think everyone just thought um cobra kai was such arseholes that the ref looked the other way mm. in that one um but also like to say that there's a move that cannot be countered because you can't see it coming what does that involve about yeah. 15 seconds of me being in one single position <laughs> <laughs> so yeah what's what's your what's your number three i'd say my number three uh Sorry, just got to plug it. Uh, I'm going to say my number three. Uh, I'm, I, I, I think I probably probably Ghostbusters, but just for the sake of talking about something else, uh, my number three is the Terminator. Yes, Beautiful. I think the ter- 
Yeah, the Terminator is a, a wonderful, beautiful movie. Um, it so captures the it, it captures the eighties, uh, the fashion, the the kind of that weird paranoia of the unknown, uh, that sort of that hold not even a holdover from the Cold War because the Cold War was obviously still mm. happening. So you still had th- like this idea of oh we could be taken out at any time by this like mysterious other uh who all are operating as one communist robot unit because in the 80s obviously the all americans thought that the russians were robot communists mm. rather than just starving people who were gagging for a mcdonald's <laughs> um but the, the 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 music uh like the, the this kind of the, that the fucking the, that the tech noir nightclub the punks at the very beginning, like it all just screams 80s. Early Bill, Bill Paxton getting murdered. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, with, with blue spiky hair. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it, the Terminator as well, it was it was a riff on Halloween. It was, you know, what if Michael yeah. Myers is a robot with a huge dong? That's, you know. <laughs> and it, yeah, exactly. it the point of like, if, if, uh, if Loomis had come in, and shot the Terminator, the bullets would have just bounced off him. So it's like, how do you make this even more terrifying? Yeah. So I have a question about the Terminator's dong. Um, in the the mythology of the Terminator, we find out that the reason that the, they can't just send back a scary skeleton robot is that the only things that can travel back in time are organic flesh, mm-hmm. which they get they get around the loophole by just wrapping things in organic flesh. Uh, so then you, people have always asked, well, why don't they just like wrap a fucking laser gun in flesh mm-hmm. and then send it back through time that way? To which I say, well, why even waste that time? Because the thing is, um, there's there's exactly there's some free real estate because <laughs> there's no metal bones in your penis. Uh, well, most people speak for yourself. I, yeah, I've had the procedure. Yeah. Uh, the extreme Prince Albert, they call it. Um, <laughs> Weirdly, mine's nickel, though. <laughs> <laughs> mine's copper, so it starts out uh, brown and then it's, it's slowly turned green. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I've just got mercury. Exposure to the air. Just mercury bleeding into my system. <laughs> uh, yeah, just just put just get just put a, a penis gun, penis gun, and and and, and have a bit where Arnold Schwarzenegger just walks into a shop. Just get completely buck naked, <laughs> grips his penis and balls, rips it off, aims it at Linda Hamilton's head, and that's it. Game over. If the Terminator had been five minutes long, but that was how it mm. ended, I'd still think it was the best yeah. movie ever made. Um, <laughs> Come on, me if you want to live. <laughs> I, you know, the Terminator meets the free criteria that I, I need for an 80, a great 80s movie is. Um, is the fashion incredibly 80s? Fuck yeah, Slinda Hamilton's hair. Uh, oh. Were the decisions made on coke, clearly? Yes. The sex scene where they, they don't have a shower. I've always had a problem with the fact that he doesn't have a shower before the sex scene. He's homeless and he's losing his virginity. And they've yep. just checked into a hotel and he's stolen a homeless guy's threads. And she's like, oh, baby, let's make a, a savior of the future. Have yeah. a shower first, Kyle. And yeah. Is the excess? Yes, the the police station shootout is absolutely probably fifteen police too many get shot in there, which is weird <laughs> yeah. in a time of, in a time of a cab. Uh, it's it, you are watching it like oh, fuck, yeah, we get it. He's shooting everyone. Yeah, after the first six police, you stop celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Start feeling sorry for them yeah. and their families and that. 
Um, he should have had bits where like every single cop had a setup where he's like, I've got to get home early tonight. It's little Johnny's birthday and I missed last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just someone showing uh, the, the cop next to them, like the picture of the boat that they're going to retire onto <laughs> tomorrow. The classic 80s cliche. Um, just in, and then just immediately Arnold Schwarzenegger comes in and fucking just whacks him over the head uh, <laughs> with the futuristic hammer that he kept in his other penis. Because <laughs> who's to say that people in the future don't have two cocks? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Imagine Isn't if the Terminator that? had just came back, just absolutely covered. Come to cocks. It's a gadget the... just ripping one off, and it's a fucking umbrella. And each cock can learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, uh, 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 all right. I'll uh, hit you with number two. My number two. Uh, and this is I. I had to put this in. It's eighty nine. Um, but I had to put it in just because I wrote, I pretty much wrote an entire Edinburgh show about why it's the best movie ever made. Roadhouse. No. Yes. Roadhouse fo- falls. I think you could be mistaken for thinking it's a nineties movie because it is eighty nine. But if it's Joel Silver as the producer, if I asked you to name the director of Roadhouse, no one's going to remember that because this is a produced movie. This is someone who went throw this in, throw this in. There's a fucking monster truck in Roadhouse. Someone goes about via monster truck it's yeah. Patrick Swayze <laughs> yeah. at his height um I, I when I think of like it, I think of that as the 80s because that was when you could just get away with anything in a film and it's also Michael Kamen pretty much recycling his uh his music from like Lethal Weapon he <laughs> just went no one yeah. else <laughs> my favorite thing about Roadhouse um is the is the representation um because uh if you're a, if you're a blind musician, right? Um, it just is soaked in women. <laughs> yeah, soaked in women, and like they've because I because I think that, that you know we have we have this idea uh, that um, that people who who are disabled or who become disabled in some way essentially want to get back to like a regular able-bodied body. So we invent technology to help them do that. But in, in reality, quite a lot of people are just like, no, just make the world more accessible for how I am now, right? Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that when they got in this blind musician and they went, just a warning, by the way, um, this bar is literally famous for people throwing bottles at the <laughs> musicians. And he's like, that's all right, man. Just put a fence up. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, I mean, I, you, he's, you no, he's, no fe- he's, he's fucking daredevil. He's the man without fear. Do you know what I mean? He's just like, I'll just sit here plucking away strings. No one's... Who's, who's going to hit me? You did say before we started recording, you believe people have disabilities because of something they did wrong in a past life. I believe that was, that I've was got your a tattoo <laughs> reflecting that. And, and I keep, I keep it on my belly uh, so that when I'm going about topless, it's at eye level for people in wheelchairs. <laughs> it, it is. Um, well, I like that because he doesn't need to be a, a blind guy. Does he? They just throw no. Jeff Healy. Like, fuck it. Yeah. He's, his, he's his, his one rule in the movie is is to be like, hey, um, you know Patrick Swayze, the badass. Uh, he's a badass. Yeah, he he actually does that. Well, there's a there's a huge fight, and then when everyone cries out, he leans into the mic and goes, "The name is Dalton." What if Swayze had been in the toilet, and this was just someone else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he comes over. He's like, "Oh no, I was I was having a cigarette. That's just two guys fighting over there." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit like Star Trek. It's like they never ever show them going to the toilet. 
Um, <laughs> but presumably Patrick Spacey's on like an eight, nine hour shift in there. Yeah. He's going to have to take a piss at some point. And there's about eight bouncers. Like, the amount they pay for bouncers and maybe invest in tables that don't fall apart the moment you throw someone through. Like, yeah. Every... Or, but <laughs> what to do, right, is reinforce all the tables with steel so that the first few times people realise that you... Um, that when you fucking whack a guy on it, you're going to break his spine, right? Mm-hmm. And then over a couple of weeks, what you end up with, again, is a clientele who are all paralyzed. Um, and then there's no fighting. So the the for me, the greatest... Once challenge... again, Roadhouse, the most <laughs> impressive representation movie ever made. Yeah. For me, the, the greatest uh, like bit of filmmaking in Roadhouse is it's the epitome of setup and payoff but they do a secondary setup to put you off the scent. So everyone in the film who meets Dalton, who's heard of him before, says, I thought you'd be taller. So that's the ongoing joke of it. But also a couple of times someone says, I heard he ripped a guy's throat out. But you're too distracted with the, I thought you'd be taller. That's the buildup. But the actual payoff is he rips a fucking guy's throat out. And when he does it, you're half in disgust, but half of you is like, Oh, yeah, no, they did say that's his move. And it kind of works out because he's obviously at throat height. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that as like you're, you're meeting, you're, he's meeting his, his new girlfriend's family and they're like, so what? what's your favourite pastimes to do? And he's like, I love ripping people's throats out. That's kind of my, that's kind of my thing. Uh, oh, that, right. that and oiled up Tai Chi. <laughs> Outside. <laughs> but, but face in the backyard so that I've got plausible deniability <laughs> that I just want people to look at me they, um, halfway through that film they introduced the fact that Ben Gazzara lives over the pond from him like they <laughs> yeah. they just decide oh this would be a lot easier if we could see him as well so fuck it yeah he lives over there <laughs> yeah yeah because if I if the, if there was a guy being set up in my local town as my rival right which is which is what happens a lot in eighties movies. Um, that's some. That is some fucking psychological fear mongering stuff, isn't it? Like mm. I'm gonna get my top off. I'm gonna start. If I was looking across the pond and I saw a guy doing not even naked, not even naked William Sadler Die Hard Two Tai Chi, <laughs> but just semi naked Patrick Swayze Tai Chi, I'd be like, this guy, this guy's in my fucking head. Yeah, I, 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 Dalton is the scariest character in the history of film. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that guy's going to do. No, you do. It's going to be rip your throat out. Well, and one, you're going to act surprised. One point, even I made, though they mentioned it, eight seven <laughs> times. Yeah, just wear like a, a, a neck brace when you fight him. You'll be. It's right. bizarre that they don't call him Dalton the throat ripper. <laughs> well, he's he's known as the most famous bouncer in the county, and I would argue that's not a thing. Yeah, is there a magazine? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. but everyone's like, "What, Dalton? D? He's the cooler man. He he comes to a new nightclub every couple of months and changes the way they do things. And like that, no, that's not a thing. Bouncers would just know what you've got here is not a problem that you don't have, Dalton. It's that you've got the most inept bouncers. Yeah, at the time you you've got like Steve who's banging miners in the back. Of the club, not come on, grow up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's a mining community. So <laughs> get your fucking head at the yeah. gutter. What does that town do? 
Uh, mine's not Trump parts. Oh yeah. <laughs> what's yeah, your uh, what, What's your number two? Uh, I, I don't. But why don't we have a roadhouse to where they follow up on another bar that he apparently made better? I because can tell you presumably, that is... as soon as he leaves, everyone's like, "Well, the threat of throat ripping is now gone." So I'm I'm going to get back at chucking bottles at. See, the problem is the other the other bars hired deaf musicians, uh, <laughs> so they felt no need to put a fence up. So they're just fucking taking it and then they cut them every week. No, on the next one, it's it's deaf bouncers, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Are you gonna? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Have any ideas? There is there is uh, a there is a roadhouse too that was made in the noughties, oh. and the villain is Jake Boosie. That's all you need to know. Oh. Uh, and well, um. Jake Gyllenhaal is about to have uh, a Roadhouse remake come out, uh, which oh, fuck. yeah, is he going? If he doesn't do a front rip, what is the fucking point of that film? Yeah, exactly. They're going to make it yeah. PG thirteen. Oh no, no, they can't. I've, I like the director on it. Uh, it's a uh, Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's what's your number two? Uh, my number two, uh, Lethal Weapon. Yes. Uh, the buddy cop genre had already been somewhat established uh, by this point. I mean, uh, arguably the buddy cop genre was established when Arthur Conan Doyle went, what if a surgeon and a, and a, and a guy with essentially a very specific learning difficulty solved crimes? <laughs> what if um, two men who wanted to have sex didn't have sex but solved crimes instead? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's that's yeah, it's the eighteen eighties after all. Um, we need to be progressive, but the but but like when when you think like in the way that Die Hard so completely changed the action movie landscape, when you think of buddy cop movies, you're thinking of Lethal Weapon mm. or a derivative of Lethal Weapon, like this idea where one cop is fairly straight laced and getting a bit too old for this shit, and this other cop is. A fucking psychopath uh, who who should not be allowed anywhere near uh, a civilian population, but uh, w- without severe psychiatric meds. Yeah, it's back um, when I mean the eighties were a time when uh, propaganda wasn't a thing, and it was like it is so cool that he's willing to break the rules. Which, yeah. Can you imagine now? It's like what a cool uh, hero who doesn't pay attention to what they're supposed to be doing as a policeman and. Like you, you can imagine Riggs probably, you know, puts evidence on people and stuff like that. Yeah. And back then, you're like, yeah, because he had a hunch that they were guilty, so he did it. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and and the there's a the the director's cut of Lethal Weapon is way better, but th- that's not putting it on the original. The original one is still amazing, but the the, the director's cut is way better because there's more stuff. In it about how Riggs is just this absolute lunatic. Oh, the sniper, um, the skill shooter sniper bit. Yeah, skill shooter uh, sniper bit. Like, like we watched that and we're like, why isn't this why they deal with skill shooters now? <laughs> um, and it's like, well, they just need to tell Mel Gibson that it's like a black skill shooter and he'll be in there. <laughs> yeah, and it's in a Jewish school because <laughs> yeah. um, then he'll definitely go. Um, but we'll have evacuated the rest of the kids uh, hopefully before them. <laughs> It's such um, a shame that Mel Gibson is is Mel Gibson now because I I when I see him I feel the same sense of loss as when I see a Robin Williams thing where I'm like yeah. oh they're they're gone. <laughs> we yeah we watched Lethal Weapon two very recently and Laura and I have this discussion 
like quite often. It's like it, it is a it's such a shame about Mel Gibson. One because he was sexy as fuck, mm. like and like we we love watching beautiful sexy people on screen, right? That's that's just the the fact yeah. of the matter. Um, and he was he was one of the best. He's he's hilarious, but he kind of he was almost kind of the proto Affleck, and that we were like, oh, he's actually maybe quite a good director as well. Yeah, um, and he could have built on that. He could have became something amazing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, do you know what's mad is like it's a, some some people consider Lethal Weapon like a throwaway action film, but that scene where he's he's got the gun to his head in his in his uh, shitty little trailer and he's about to kill himself. Like yeah. I've, I've had reports of like the film crew were worried <laughs> where they're like, yeah. fucking hell, that is a man who is about to kill himself. Cause the, yeah. And, and he's, he's kind of messing a little bit because that is one of the issues with the, the non-director's cut is that the sniper scene, like, yeah, it's cool and it's fun and it's like, yeah, get them rigs. You fucking, you you take out that disgruntled minimum wage worker or whatever. Um, but it's the, the point of the scene is to show, oh, this guy doesn't give a fuck. Like, this guy is willing to die. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's, and when, it's a riff on kind of, you know, those old 70s and 80s uh, heroes that are like, I'm going to go into that warehouse and shoot everyone. What they never picked up is, well, then you must be okay with dying if you're going to put yourself at risk like that. Yeah, if you're not going to wear any Kevlar <laughs> or bulletproof or whatever, just and and holding a fucking police issue beretta, like what 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 do you think is going to happen? But the but the power of that scene, I think, is kind of equaled in the or kind of continued in the the. Do you want to jump? Do you want to <laughs> jump? Because if you don't have that scene. You'd not sit in there going, "Oh, this guy's going to jump." Like, yeah. there's no, there's no question. As soon as he gets on that roof, there's only one way this is going to end, um, and he's and he's going to do it. And if you ever read, if you if you've ever got an evening to yourself, and I'm gen, this isn't a bit right. I'm genuinely telling <laughs> you, that, get yourself a bottle of wine, right? What uh, red, whatever your choice. I don't know. Um, and jump and, off a building. <laughs> and jump off a building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, onto a big trampoline. Um, the fire brigade—they provide them for free if you tell them you're, you're going to do it. Uh, it's, it's I your don't, get, I don't get why the guy is shocked that there's a trampoline at the bottom of that. When yeah, <laughs> when what was he looking at? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, read read the script. Read the script for Lethal Weapon. That like reading the script is almost as good an experience as watching the movie. Well, Shane Black um, was really smart in that he wrote his scripts for the person who was reading them. Yeah. Didn't he? Famously, I think it's the Lethal Weapon script where he says, "We open on a house that is the kind of house I'll buy if you buy the script." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like a, a big swing because you could look at that and be like, "Oh, fuck off, mate!" But uh, his his scripts are legendary, like just really tight. Um, Apparently, the the line in Lethal Weapon that sold the movie uh, is not anything you would expect. It's just a really well crafted sentence. Which is uh, during a car chase scene, he wrote the sentence, They traded paint. Nice. Yeah. Um, and whoever was reading it was like, Well, this guy's clearly an incredible writer. Um, let's get him on board. Let's leave it to the Superman guy. Just Michael Bay re- misreads that and it just has them hand and do looks out the window. <laughs> I don't get it, but okay, it's in the script. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, all right, it, it's time for our, our number one off. Uh, so I'll hit you at my number one. So is the is the excess? Is it um, is it only something that could be done in the eighties? Does it show consumerism? Um, is it violent? Is it clearly made by someone on cocaine? I'm going to give you RoboCop. Oh, one of the most eighties. It, it's also a satire of the eighties, but it's so it's looking back at the decade, but it's also a complete epitome of that decade. You know the yeah. the excess to the point that. People misunderstood it when it's very violent, and you're like, "That's the fucking point." Yeah, that was the time. Like it, it it's ev- everyone was on cocaine all of the time. Uh, we dereg we deregulated everything to the point where rich people just could not give a fuck anymore about you. They didn't even pretend to have to do it anymore. Um, yeah, they. It's a perfect movie. They subtly touch on it. It's not that obvious, but at the start, he is purposefully moved. Murphy, Murphy isn't yeah. like a middle class uh, precinct, and he's purposefully moved to the precinct with the highest rate of cop deaths because his scores are so high. So he's literally set up by these pricks that are like he'll probably get shot, and then we can use his experience uh, to, yeah. you know, make our Robocop. And like having to depersonalize. Uh, mm-hmm. your workers uh, to, to make, you know, the most amount of profit for you. Now, there is obviously the, the unanswered question, or I feel the unanswered question <laughs> in Robocop, which is, yeah, I get that the point is to, like, privatise the police force for the shareholders, but how exactly are they making profit off this? <laughs> Especially considering you've just brought, you've probably just quit, there's quite a lot of overhead in yeah. making Robocops. <laughs> I think it's a case of... buy all that paste. <laughs> I think it's a case of one Robocop, you know, two doctors working around, two people checking on him, 50 Robocops, four doctors. It's it's once they once they expand on the project. And it's also, isn't it, like he doesn't go home and sleep. He doesn't need overtime. He, you don't yeah. pay him, do you? Robocop's not being like, hang on, I worked last Tuesday. I've got – and he has no social life. He has <laughs> – and he's more efficient, apparently, even though the amount of damage he does to the city. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And no one's going to want to fuck him. No, I, I'd like to. Because you you don't know. On, on his on his right leg, that's where his gun comes out. But on his left leg is a dildo. Oh, nice. And, and that big sort of round hole. Yeah. That's um, where he gets the coming with me dead or alive from. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they make him freaky looking. Because uh, Peter Weller, quite a handsome man, very handsome man, especially in Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, but yeah, they're like, what if uh, we just stretch his face a little bit? Oh, the, the face stretch over, like, Robocop lives on in special effects as well, which is what is great about Verhoeven. Because that, you can imagine people were so scared when they went, and he also, he's dressed as a robot. And you just think of, like, the dog shit straight to vid, like, the 80s. Awful effects. If you don't invest in this properly, this doesn't land. And ever and the Ed two hundred nine is cool as yeah. shit, even though in real life isn't the model like six inches big. It all works on a superficial level as well as like those extra, like it's the extra kind satire. The Robo, Robocop and I know I keep talking about Die Hard. Uh, I am insufferable talking about Die Hard, but um, Robocop and Die Hard to me are like. And Starship Troopers as well, another Verhoeven, are the the three I put forward whenever I make the argument. There is literally no excuse 
for every film not to be amazing. <laughs> um, like, there's no, we don't need to make schlock. Like, mm. we don't need to make crap because Robocop is a fucking movie about a robot cop. It's in the title. It's the dumbest title you've ever read, right? You've ever heard. And yet you watch it and you'd be like, yeah, this is fun. It's about a robot guy shooting people in the dick, which <laughs> is a great source of entertainment. Well, Dick, also- dick Shooter was the original title, wasn't it? Um- <laughs> <laughs> Robo Dick Shooter. Um, but yeah, I mean... They, no, they couldn't quite figure it out because they, they were like, Robo Dick Shooter or Dick Shooter Bot. <laughs> we do this all the time where, like, how long has it taken for the, the ex-assassin who gets brought out? Oh, hang on, Keanu Reeves... Give it to a fantastic stuntman who knows his way about a camera. Yeah, we get the John Wick films, but to to have that, we have this slew of absolute tribe. Um, yeah, and John Wick, it's just like, look, you bought the ticket. We know what you're here for. We don't need to give you a lot of backstory. He had a wife and a dog and a car. It's three <laughs> minutes in. He no longer has those things. Crack on. Yeah, and then, uh, but then they sneak in like actual good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what happened to Robocop. He he it's went, oh, I'm going to sneak in some really like great satire on this about how the you know companies buying up companies and the kind of globalism is 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 bad. Um, and it's it's just a, also though the whole thing is tinged with cocaine. Yeah. Oh, oh it, it, and it's completely on Front Street. Mm. There's so there is so much cocaine in that movie. There's a shootout in a cocaine factory. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was, in, that was every, just the set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in, in, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, uh, after he got out of that fucking mine, they should have just found their way into a cocaine factory and had a fight there. <laughs> because I love I love it when you, like, in, in gunfights, right? If In a gunfight, I like it when the bullets hit things. Mm. Uh, but if they're constantly hitting people, you just get desensitized to that, don't you? It's yeah. red all over the place. If you're having a gunfight in a cocaine factory, you can substitute it out every now and again, poof, and then a big blast of cocaine. And then that cocaine is in the air, it's getting breathed in by the bad guys, and they just get more mental. Yeah, see Predator 2, start of. Yeah, I listen, Philadelphia should have had a fucking shit in a cocaine <laughs> factory. And then it goes straight into the trial. Yeah, exactly. You, and fucking, then, you, you, you got rid of him because he's gay, didn't you? You fucking did it. <laughs> and, then, and then Denzel just, just reloads his pistol. Case <laughs> closed. <laughs> I rest my case. Ultimate take. Oh, so what's, what's, uh, what's your number one then? My number one. My number one movie for the 80s um, is hands down Back to the Future. Nice. Um, I think that although, yes, you could argue that Back to the Future is about the 50s. Um, I I think that's just a very surface-level reading of it. Um, Back to the Future is... Obviously, until you sold me on Roadhouse earlier, uh, I thought Back to the Future was the most perfect script ever written. Um, (laughs) Roadhouse does have the line, I used to fuck guys like you in prison, just just to let you know. Weirdly, that's a deleted scene um, in Back to the Future, yeah. Doc. That's how Doc and Marty uh, met. <laughs> Marty, was, uh, Marty was his paper boy. And then one time he came round to ask for the money and Doc hit him with that. And Marty was like, I like the cut of this guy's jib. I think Doc invented a machine that makes you forget and he's been doing stuff with Marty. <laughs> Disgusting. 
Uh, <laughs> I I I bought the fucking the you know the things that you you buy and it's the it's the car or like owner operator manuals. Oh yeah, that we that we used to have back in the eighties and nineties, but it's for fictional cars. I bought the DeLorean one. How are you? And it, how are you married? <laughs> I yeah. I mean, you 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 guys can't see this, right? But on the wall behind me, mounted on the fucking the cement of the wall is a replica Ghostbusters proton pack. It's just next to the swastika. Um. Uh, surrounded by <laughs> swastikas, yeah. <laughs> and we um, won't go into that because there's some awful Ghostbusters Nazi crossover jokes. Yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't keep any swastikas on the actual item itself. Uh, <laughs> when I go to Comic-Cons, I much prefer to just get the little signals from people. Do you know what I mean? Just shouting um, at people. It means peace. Yeah. But next, next to that, in a in a in a frame, is the the, the USA newspaper. Today. I I can tell exactly what that is. That's from one of the yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm a bit blurry, but it's the yeah. It's the USA Today because on October the twenty first, twenty fifteen, uh, actual newspaper, which is the date from Back to the Future two, actual newspaper, uh, USA Today made like done a fake cover for that day's issue that was a replica. Um, so I've got I've got that up. Uh, and in a Japanese Ghostbusters laser disc, which I have no way of watching, but it goes on the wall. And you've had sex uh, several times. <laughs> What's it like? Uh, wet. Do you wear the proton pack? <laughs> yeah, occasionally. Uh, but the problem is, I have to go on top because uh, <laughs> if, if, I, if I'm if I'm on the bottom with it on, there's a lot of bits that stick out, and she'll break them. <laughs> um, and it is quite heavy, so I have. I've done in a few pelvises in my time. <laughs> I have the trap come out from between my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Best little pedal. And then, yeah, then mean, after that, you shout two in the box. Do you know what's mad about Back to the Future is, I know there's this huge don't remake it sentiment, which I agree with because there the will never be another Michael J. Fox, I think. And we're not creating those kinds of stars. Um, I think probably... Tom Holland from the Spider-Man films is the closest we've got to a Michael J. Fox. And even then he's not, not to diss him. I think that's a level of like sincerity and charming, but it is actually every decade is rife for back to the future, just because it's a film that comments on the now and the 20 years ago. Yeah. Constantly. Or was it 20, it's a 25 or, you know, but like 20 or 30 years ago. 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So actually you would like, if, I think if we remade Back to the Future now, the problem is he's going back to the 90s, and that's probably yeah. just too depressing for people to be like, oh, fuck, I'm old. So so here's a, here's a two two points to that. Uh, number one, uh, you know the joke in Back to the Future where they're sitting around the table watching, I think it's the Jackie Gleason show. Yeah. And he says, oh, I've seen this one before. This one's great. And then his uncle says, how can you have seen this? What's a rerun or something? Um the the if we remade Back to the Future today, that joke would be about the monorail episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, it's terrifying. Uh, but the other thing is that we effectively did remake Back to the Future, and no one noticed. Um, there's a a movie on Amazon Prime called Totally Killer. Oh which yeah, is, I've got that downloaded as my train watch. Weirdly. It's, Fantastic! I so deeply fell in love with it, it immediately. Um, it's tremendous, but it is 
It's it's that thing that we're doing now that I really love, which is what if we take a classic movie and put a serial killer in it? Mm. It's Back to the Future with a serial killer. Yeah, I think Freaky did really well with that. Um, Freaky was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. What if it's we take same... Friday, but just for, yeah. And the fucking, the, the Groundhog Day one, I can't remember what, what that one was called. But... Oh, yeah. Uh, Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, but so we, so we kind of did, so we, we don't have to do it. And like, Back to the Future doesn't age. No. Because the point of it is to go back in time anyway and be out of time. You, as a person from now, can relate to Marty because you also don't really understand what the 50s were like. Mm. And like, like if you're one of these people who wears a gilet, you'll be like, haha, it's funny that they think it's a life preserver or something. Um, anyway, I have to not wear socks and and... and Fucking go and findle my taxes or whatever. Um, <laughs> make sure that every make sure that every single second that I'm in your house, I'm holding my car keys and not sitting down. <laughs> so, so that I think that's the only thing that's dated about Back to the Future is someone wearing a gilet who's not an absolute prick. Um, yeah, <laughs> who doesn't play ruggers um, with the boys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we flick each other with the towels, but there's nothing else going on there. It's fine. Nah, 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 nah. Well, um, the old five and drive, yeah, it's fine. There's no roses around here, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're gonna. Why don't you take this line? That'll make you a better driver. <laughs> we've got. I've we've seen got, Robocop. We've got Robocop and Back to the Future as our number <laughs> ones. So we're going to put them to the test of are they a perfect film? Uh, so we're going to put it through the big questions. Does anyone have iconic hair that transcends its time? I'd, I'd say Robocop struggles, but when he gets shot in the head, and then for a second he's got that flap. Uh, that's that's kind of like the the new wave, you know how hipsters have the the uh, the cut off, the, the Tommy Shelby. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that because he's got his head flapping. So I go, I go that with that. Have you got a Back to the Future? That's what the that's what the flock of seagulls haircut <laughs> was supposed to represent. I I caught getting shot in the head. <laughs> um, I in Back to the Future, not really. I mean Jennifer's perm. Mm. No, it's not. Sorry, not a perm. They'll be back. I feel like that's coming back. Jennifer's big, the big hair. Yeah, the Jennifer Back to the Future. Um, the Jennifer in Back to the Future one is way fitter uh, than the Jennifer in Back. Oh to the wow! Uh, and I'll and do you know what? I'll die on that fucking hill. That could be um, even stronger than the Ben Affleck thing you said that I had to delete from this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Such a hot take. I yeah I I will I, do you know what I'll run for office on that and I think I'll win. <laughs> I think I think there's enough real people out there uh, who genuinely believe that whoever played the first uh, Jennifer Parker was sexier than well, she, she Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shue's the second one, but the first one yeah. had to drop out because I think her nan got cancer. So uh, there we go. Let's uh, bummer. Chugging towards the end. Of, yeah, I mean a nan. It wasn't her, so you know I'd I'd keep the job. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sure you get breaks. Is there a scene where chugging a Guinness would help? Um, I'll go for for Robocop. I'll go when uh, when when the Dick Dick Jones sends uh, thingy round to shoot his his rival. If you've just been shot in the leg and you're doing mounds of coke and you know you're going to die, whip out a Guinness. You know. <laughs> I think a better scene in Robocop for chugging a Guinness would be. Uh, the scene where you where they where they give Robocop the baby paste. Uh, <laughs> She's like, "What the fuck is this?" If you just found out that uh, Robocop ran on Guinness, um, and it was supposed to be pulverized, <laughs> like 
like satire about how all cops are Irish or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the lady gets shot through the skirt as well. Yeah, it's like I, I've notified a local rape uh, prevention crisis team, and she's like, oh, that was a tough one. Just whipped out a Guinness <laughs> from his from his from his his calf because <laughs> he, he keeps his gun in one thigh, his dildo in the other, and in his calf. There's just two. There's a tap, uh, and there's just two perfectly pulled Guinnesses ready for him whenever he needs it. One for him and one for the victim. He's like, here you are, madam. This will this will set you right. Do you know how much iron there is in a pint of Guinness? That's perfect. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, but because uh, because my only literally my only problem with Robocop is that it doesn't show enough of Paul Verhoeven's anti-Irish sentiment. <laughs> so Back to the Future, chugging a Guinness in Back to the Future. The only thing I could really think of is the bit where uh, just before the famous skateboarding scene, when George McFly goes into the diner to meet <laughs> Lorraine and tell him. Very creep, tell her very creepily that he's her destiny or whatever. I'm Which she destiny. seems to be very receptive to. He he slams he he asks for a chocolate milk, and then he slams that down. <laughs> I think it would have been much better if he slammed a Guinness and then a second Guinness. Yeah, but if if he'd asked for a chocolate milk and the guy's like, "Nah, you need more than this," so he doesn't yeah. even know that the Guinness is coming. <laughs> I would yeah. have, I'd have it as uh, as they're setting up all the equipment towards the end, and Doc's like, "Don't worry, I've got these measurements all perfect." He just starts downing Guinnesses in front of Marty. And Marty's like, no, you shouldn't. Can we stick to the job I had? Yeah, because at no point does Marty say, Doc, I've, had, I've got a question about this plan. Uh, you know the way that I have to hit that cable at literally the exact second the lightning strikes? Um, and you know how lightning travels at 140,000 miles per hour? Um, do you think that maybe setting an alarm clock uh, isn't the most precise measurement <laughs> device. It should have been. Because the thing is, the alarm clock goes off, Marty goes to start, and then the fucking car yeah. breaks down, right? So then he starts it, and then if he'd gone when the alarm clock hit, he wouldn't have made it, which makes me question, I've never noticed this before, is the car sentient? And therefore, is it a real shame in the third one when they let it get hit by a train? It should have been that uh, Marty just gets fried. Yeah, he I agree. Yeah. But he just he, he his fried body is held forwards in time into into that town square. No, I think it should have been that we he he should have hit the the wire right, and then and then and then the flame trails, and then we just sort of white out, and we just pull out on Michael J. Fox uh, lying in a hospital bed, bald from chemotherapy, um, <laughs> and. Uh, Jennifer's actually his nurse, uh, and, and uh, she hands him a paper that just says, "Sorry, your whole family's dead." The dead. Yeah, and then and then underneath there's a there's a there's a a, a section of the newspaper that just says uh, in quotes, "Professor uh, Doc Brown, uh, noted child molester, uh, escapes the death penalty." <laughs> Oh, it's, That's it's, how I would end it. Now, the problem is you don't get back to the future too with that. I'm worried about the next one now. Uh, is there a sexy sex scene or could it be improved by a sexy sex scene? Uh, it depends what you're into, doesn't it? Because um, <laughs> he could have gone a bit further with Lorraine. Yeah. <laughs> in like, or in the car. If it had been Any that, times that his mum hits on him, 
he's he's losing an opportunity to, to banger. <laughs> yeah, because you know a notch is a notch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and also exactly. there's an element of like we know George is not going to be into foreplay, so maybe someone else needs to butter the bread first. I I don't know, man. I because there has to be a because in the in the original timeline where George is a loser. There has to be a reason that Lorraine stays with him. Big dick. And I, I no, I think his conilingus is <laughs> off the charts because he stutters, doesn't he? Um, and I wonder, I wonder if maybe that would help his conilingus keep so it more it, consistent. She's got, um, she's got like Florence Nightingale syndrome, hasn't she? So in, in the first one, his her, her dad hits George with a car, and then she, you would assume she does the same thing that she does to Marty, where she takes his underwear off. Mm-hmm. Well, he's passed out in bed. So Lorraine's not like I know they joke with like, oh, she's a bit promiscuous. She's assaulted someone while I passed out. Yeah, no, big time. Yeah, because we can only presume that she tried to fuck George yeah. as well in the original timeline, and George probably let her do it. I'd be. So is that is that where they like? Because that's the where they older, have the older brother. Yeah, the older brother. Yeah, uh, and then. In the new timeline, do they have him after they fuck after going home from prom? They have him. And she's thinking about Marty. So they have sex two months later. They have him. He's born at the same time, but he's born premature. So he's, he's he dies at five. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Marty's looking at that picture and he's like, weird that my older brother hasn't come back. Yeah. And then there's, because there, I think about time travel logic quite a lot. In the revised timeline, there would also have been a Marty. We see that Marty go back in time, right? Mm. But he was already from the timeline where everything was great. So does he then go and have all those adventures and then come home at the end and he's just like, yep, that was that was a nice Monday evening, wasn't it? I think it's a case of they're always just slipping into each other's timelines mm. constantly. Uh, for me, there is, but... the, there is the many Martys theory that... Uh, that going back in time actually kills a bunch of Martys. And the, the only one who survives is the one essentially from a broken home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because he... Dark. Dark movie. That Marty that goes back is the one who comes from a perfect home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, so I... Maybe... Sexy, sexy. So maybe not. Um, oh, for Robocop, I'd say... Robocop, yeah. after, after he gets shot by Ed 209... And yeah. Lewis has got him. Uh, the only way she can charge him up is through his dick. Have that. Like it's he's got a USB port in his balls, and she's got to go down on him to to bring him back to life. And then Verhoeven can make it like a whole, you know, the dynamics of sex in the eighties. Like you could really do something yeah. with her. And he would. He'd make it amazing. Yeah. And <laughs> the best thing is, after he comes. Uh, both of his calves open up and just a personal sport <laughs> Guinness comes yeah, out ready for everyone. And then and then he and then he lifts up two of his fingers and a and a little cap comes off um and a fully lit cigarette. Yes. Yeah. He just puts his finger in Lewis's <laughs> mouth. And, oh, that's it. C- cigarette lighter on the nipple. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh right, is the room for the throat rib from Roadhouse? I mean it's a yes on both of these. Uh, oh, hundred percent. I'd say the the car the car when uh when he pulls out uh, Biff Tannen, get a yep. throat rip in there. Because I had a thought about this. If if so, the whole the whole fulcrum of the good future rests on George getting the courage to hit Biff 
Mm. And then when you go back to the future, that's the title of the movie. Um, he, he sees that that Biff, you know, hasn't made it, and he's a bit of a loser because maybe he's a convicted rapist. Yeah, George, uh, so ha- George has hired the man to clean his car who tried to rape his girlfriend once. Yeah, I, do you know what? Is it, it, as power plays go, it's a move. It's, yeah, it's, it's a move. Um, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because uh, it's not even a case of that thing in the eighties where like a woman would claim to be raped and no man would believe her. George was there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I think if he'd ripped Biff's throat out instead, then Marty would have come home to an even darker future. Oh, yeah, uh, where, where, where George's George got a taste for about having getting caught. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they're sitting on the dinner table just having the, the conversations about the statute of limitations on murder. <laughs> And what constitutes self-defense? Well, maybe we give Lorraine some agency and have Lorraine do it in that car. George comes over to fix things, and he's like, I'm going to stop this man. Car opens, Biff's body slumps out, and Lorraine's like just sobbing, like, I killed him. Oh, God, there's so much blood. And she has like a proper Lady Macbeth moment. Or she reaches across, pulls off his dick, and then it's like, this is really heavy. And then she finds a fucking laser gun inside of it. And then Biff Tannen's eyes go red and he's like, yes, I'm here. And he turns around and he just shoots George in the fucking head. <laughs> I'm, I'm back to save myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Ro- Robocop, like obviously any any point, the obvious is when he stabs uh, stabs the dad from that 70s show in the neck at the end. <laughs> <laughs> give, him the, give him the original stab, but then just really overdo it and be like, and I'll take the, the neck as well. Yoink, that's mine. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a trophy. Mm. I'm going to wear it on my own neck. Or maybe that that first bit where the testing is like reflexes and they have the pen and they like follow the pen and he just loses it and rips out like a scientist's throat. <laughs> I'd like it if there was a plot point in Robocop where he uh, spends some of the film, some of the criminals that he kills, he just like skins a bit of them. Nice. And he like, just puts that over his own suit. <laughs> so he's like, to make himself look more approachable. So, so he's, he's like the killer from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah. Like, was, was she a big fat lady? <laughs> uh, only a couple left. Uh, is there an absolute banger? Uh, Robocop doesn't really have any songs in it, I don't think. There's maybe a song in the nightclub, but it's the mainly yeah, the theme. Yeah. Yeah, if you turn that theme tune into like a, a nightclub, I think you could have like an EDM. You know, I like to scouse up any of the themes. So it's like... And Robocar. <laughs> Ripping out throats. <laughs> and then in people in the <laughs> And back to the future, like full of some proper 50s bangers, isn't it? It's full of 50s bangers. Power of love, mm. massive banger. I actually think um enough it's maybe not a banger, but maybe enough credit doesn't go to the other Huey Lewis song, which is the the back in time. Yeah, I prefer uh, that one. Because, yeah, I, I like it a lot because we don't these days get enough uh, songs about movies. Mm. Yeah. Like, 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 like it's part of the advertising campaign where Men in Black is like, we're going to release a song that basically explains the point of the movie. Yeah, I mean, they overdid it in that where he, the lyrics of Men in Black are like, we're from the Men in Black, it's an agency. Hello, I'm here with Tommy Lee Jones. Sh- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, why, it's why the Wild Wild West theme tune is superior to the Men in Black theme tune. <laughs> but why I, I'm of the belief that the Men in Black theme tunes get better as they go along to the point I that agree. the, the Pitbull one is actually really strong. <laughs> yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And finally, is there a quote you can say in your wedding vows? Right. So I've got my the Robocop Robocop's got quite a few for wedding vow uh, that you can say. Your move creep. Uh come on with me, dead or alive. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Yeah. That's actually in the vows. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it is. It's one. Yeah. Vows, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd buy that for a dollar. Uh <laughs> it, it is weird when he shot the guy in the in the cock and went in sickness and in health. <laughs> if anyone if anyone's got a problem with me shooting this guy in the cock, make your presence known. Whoever <laughs> <laughs> hold this guy's cock in your hand. Um, yeah, um, bitches leave is a strong one. <laughs> if bitches leave, turn, yeah, that one. Just turn to the congregation, but the one the the one Come that on, Sal, the Tigers are playing tonight. <laughs> the one that I'm going with is a. Uh, Excuse me, I have to go somewhere. There is a crime happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I like it. I mean, for back for back to the future, I was really racking my brain. I found a really appropriate one for a childbirth, uh, <laughs> which is when this baby hits eighty-eight miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. You could do that at your vows, just pointing at your crotch. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I quite like. I came here in a time machine that you invented. I feel like if you, I feel like if you hit anyone with that, with like a serious enough face, you you might make them question about whether they've got to do that in the future. Because I've always wanted to do that thing of just in the in the middle of the street, just like run up to someone and go, "What year is it? What's the date? What's the date?" Um, and they're like, uh, "The fifth of February." And they go, "No, the year, man, the year." And they're like, "Twenty twenty twenty three And I'm like, "It worked." <laughs> Are gay people allowed to marry? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it didn't work. <laughs> okay, people are like to marry. Yes. Oh fuck yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, uh, if you if you're in the car, you know that if you're in the car after the airport, and uh, you know you've got the te- the cans at the back that say just married, and you you are starting to drive towards like a, a busy intersection or off a cliff, and your roads where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> just holding her hand so she can't get out the car as you hurtle off a cliff. Yeah. I also, th- I, if you could squeeze in, who do you think? The Libyans. Uh, <laughs> that'd be quite impressive as well. If you have someone run in, you're like the Libyans, they found me. Yeah, I built, I, I built this model. Sorry, it's not to scale. I didn't have time to paint. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I think we've uh, we've we've got through that. Okay, we're both alive, uh, yep. and we've we've firmly relived the eighties. Thanks very much for that, mate. Have you got anything you want to plug before we uh, before we end? Uh, I have a Star Trek podcast uh, called The Captain's Slog. What a fucking nerd. Uh, where we do very little. We watch, we rewatch, me and Eddie Edwards watch Star Trek and then do very little chat about Star Trek. Uh, oh, there we go. Then The Captain's Slog. Where can we find that? Uh, wherever good podcasts are sold. Super. There we go. Well, Mark and Neil, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, have a have a beautiful life. <laughs> Cheers, mate. You too. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye.